What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo Esports podcast. This is uh, episode 299 for the week of August 6, 2023. The title of this week's episode is Space Station is Out of This World. It's our HCS SLC post show. My name is Josh, a.k.a. JK Fire. This week, I'm joined by not one, but who guests. Um, well, one is obviously the co-host. The other yeah. is an actual guest that was here last week. As a matter of fact, we thought, um, might as well get him back for the post show because he was here for the pre-show. But first, this is Will, aka I am Mr. Mayhem, in the um, Hail to the King Sentinels t-shirt. Will, how are you doing on this Monday evening? Oh, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing swell as well. And we're also joined by Zordon himself. Zarners, how are you doing on this Monday evening? I'm doing fantastic. Just can't wait to break down this insane tournament we had this weekend. It absolutely was an insane tournament. For those that are tuning in live to the live show, welcome. Hope everyone's having a great Monday evening. Um, real quick, want to catch up on the peeps. We got Ikuza, we got Riz, Zarn, obviously you're in the chat too. John, good to see you. Meek, good to see you. Halt. Um, Pharaoh, Aaron, the geek, welcome, welcome Godzilla. How's it going? Mr. Justin goalie sniper beans for lunch. All in Juan. Welcome back. Good to see you too. And don't worry. We got your voice. We got your sound clip ready to go. I got you, bud. Wonderlander. Welcome back. And Aura Force, Welcome back as well. Daddy. Hello. And mouse. How's it going? Uh, real quick before we get into the show, I want to give a quick shout out to the follows that we received after the watch party last night. Um, we have the Grill, Real Grim Reaper, Shifty, OG Dirk, uh, Tej, My Two Lemons, and Checo. Thank you guys for the follows. Welcome to the live show. Hope it's going well. Max Ether, welcome back as well. Woo! With that, do you guys want to know what's coming up on this week's episode of the show? What do we got? Well, it's one thing and one thing only, and it's kind of understandable at this point. It's, uh, what else would it be? It's our HCS SLC post show, baby! And, uh, that means we're going to break down the entire event. Um, I reached out to folks that were live, that were there in person at the event. I wanted their firsthand accounts as to how things went for them as a spectator. So I have those that we're going to talk about as well. We're going to talk about the series. We're going to talk about the venues. We're going to talk about everything. And uh, we have a couple of things to get to before we get into our topic. And then also head honcho. Thank you for the biddies. Greatly appreciated as well. Um, we don't have news to get to, but instead we have your upcoming tournaments of the week presented by NoobGobble.com. Check out NoobGobble.com for your Halo Sports needs. On Saturday, August 12th, we have the Hydra Gaming Queens Gauntlet. On Saturday, the 12th, and Sunday, the 13th, we have the HCS Open Championship for North America. And then on Sunday, August 13th, we have the HCS Open Championships for Australia, New Zealand, Mexico, and the EU regions. These are in preparation for Fort Worth. That takes place next month. Ash, welcome back as well. And Daddy, thank you for the bits. Hashtag bit by bit. That's it for upcoming tournaments of the week presented by NoobCobble.com. Check out NoobCobble.com for all your Halo eSports needs. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, yes, it's time for the topic. We're going to get right the fuck into it. Got a lot to discuss. Zarn was with us for the entire watch party. That is correct, sir. Right? Yeah. As far as I remember. Yes. <laughs> I want to give him an opportunity to talk, you know, for, for a hot second. You know what I mean? Um, insane props to you for hanging out with us all weekend. Oh, it was so fun. Don't give him the props tiring. yet. More tiring oh, than you would oh. expect, but 
really yeah. fun. Oh yeah, a little bit. But you said you uh you, you woke up. Did you walk? Did you wake up rock hard? That's where no. I was going with that. Thank you. You're welcome. Ah. <laughs> You're so welcome. Uh, yeah, the mattress firm jokes were live and well all weekend long. Um, and don't worry, Zarn, you'll get a shout out later on in the show as well. Um, so here's how this post show is going to take place. We are going to do a series breakdown first. Um, we'll do pool play first and then do pool play results. And then we'll do the championship bracket uh, breakdown and then the championship bracket results. And then we'll get into the firsthand accounts of those that were at the event. And then we'll give our thoughts overall of the event as well. So without further ado, uh, Zarn, you said you had taken notes as well. Um, so with that, I get, do you mind if I go through the ones I have here? And then if you want yeah. to chime in as well, absolutely. Awesome. So before we even get into the series breakdown, the one thing that I want to say real quick, and I thought like no mattress firm joke necessary here, but like I thought long and hard about this, um, leading up to this post show, like all night last night basically over the weekend, really. And then into when making the show notes today. And I truly believe based off of everything that I've heard and everything that I've seen. Now, maybe this may be a little too far, but I'm going to go out and say it that I think SSG appear to have put on one of, if not the best halo event we've had in recent memory. That's fair. Is that fair? Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Awesome. The reason I say that is because, again, of everything that I've seen and everything that I've heard, not only from a spectator standpoint of watching it at home, but also being at the event, the, the running joke, the running joke is that like this blew Arlington out of the water. And I truly believe it did. And I wasn't even there. It's just from everything that I've heard from other people, it absolutely sounds like this was just the event to fucking be at hands down. But we have some series to break down. So before we break down the series, I want to say this. I have some honorable mentions. The reason I say honorable mentions is because all the following series that I state had incredibly close games that could have had the series going a different way in the event, a play or two shapes out differently. So while you may look at like the series score for these and be like, oh, this team got blown out or whatever. No, that wasn't the case at all. So in pool play for pool A, G1 went up against Mind Freak. G1 did in fact 3-0 Mind Freak. But if you go back and you look at those games, Mind Freak were incredibly close to actually beating G1. So got to give a shout out to Scoob Meister and the crew. Um, because again, if you just look at that series score, you'd be like, oh, of course G1 won that. Like, why wouldn't they? But if you go back and actually look at the games, they were very, very close. Another pool A series that I wanted to briefly highlight was phase going up against complexity where phase did three, one complexity, but again, complexity had some very, very close games. The Dak man welcome says, finally, you get to watch a live show. You're finally here. Welcome. Hope you enjoy. In pool B SSG went up against native red. This is a 3-0 by way of SSG. But again, go back and look at the games themselves, maybe over at HaloDataHive.com for all your Halo statistical needs. You'll figure out that those games are actually very close. Same thing in Pool B with Native Red and Bittersweet. Bittersweet, formerly Carpe Noctum, um, that's King J and crew, 
They also had a very close series with Native Red, but it was Native Red closing it out 3-1. to one. In Pool D, the only one I wanted to say was Shopify going up against Navi. Um, Shopify beat Navi 3-1. to one, And the one concern is, will Navi ever be able to, like, take a series? You know, they've always been looked at as the lesser of two teams in the EU region, even though they are the second best team in that region. They've never been able to make anything happen overseas. So even though they lost 3-1 in that series, if you go back and you look at the actual games being played, Navi had a real chance. And while they didn't win it, that does leave a little bit more confidence, I guess you could say. In winner's round one, FaZe went up against Native Red. FaZe swept them 3-0. But again, Native Red had a chance. And then loser's round two, Native Red went up against Complexity. Native Red 3-0 Complexity. But again, Complexity's games were very, very close. Hell yeah, Dak, man. Thank you very much, man. What's up, David Sandman? Welcome back. Riz says, I think Navi will show up. I, I hope so, but... I don't know, man. He says, give Glory more time to gel with the team. I'm hopeful, but, you know, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see what happens. Um, Zarner Will, did you guys have any of the honorable mention series you wanted to highlight briefly? Um, No, the only thing that I had more to add to that was just or well, to add on, is just in that complexity phase game, uh, Carmea was going off. He had an over on them, was dropping frenzies. Like, he just looked so strong right out the gate. I was really impressed with him on Friday. Absolutely agree with that. That was a really good pickup for them. I mean, I joked that complexity looked like the hot, like the, just the, the hodgepodge team of like, of misfit kids. Right. It's what, it's what it really felt like, but Carmea's really stepped into his own on that team, and I hope he's given a real chance because, as we know, Mickwin said he's he's one of the players to watch, one of the up-and-comers. Um, so great thing to see him do that. Uh, moving on into the actual series that I wanted to break down here. Starting off with pool play, we had G1 going up against Complexity. Okay. Actually, first, Halt says, look how pretty that jersey looks in the middle. More glorious today than yesterday. It is. And since, oh, spoiler God. alert, the team that has the jersey in the center wins. So, yes, that's a spoiler for the rest of the show. But, yes, it has to take center stage in the scene. So, again, G1 went up against Complexity. This is in Pool A. Game 1 was oddball on streets. G1 had many an opportunity to win the first round of the game being up nearly 60 points at the beginning. But with a massive hold by complexity, along with some very favorable spawns for the team, they're able to keep the points going in their favor with an APD hold and win the round 187. What's up, Jolt? Welcome back. G1 are able to answer back, this time with a commanding round, 126. And this is where the first round nearly looked like... Uh, this is actually what the first round nearly looked like if it wasn't for complexity clutching up when they did. And while very back and forth this time around, G1 clutch it up and take the round win with the game clock expiring 74 to 68. That's one thing that I wanted to say here is that something that we've seen, I think more often in this event than others, is how often oddball rounds end in time versus it going to like a 100 point score. 
and we're going to we'll highlight that later on because like there was a game later on in this tournament where it was literally back to back to back rounds that I think went to time mm. each time. So we'll get to that. Just you wait and see. Um, Verb, welcome back. Ronan, welcome back as well. Game two was Slayer on Solitude. Complexity to pre- proceed to get. Oh, okay, so here, here's why I channeled the inner Zarners here. I think you'll appreciate this. So uh, complexity to proceed to get molly whopped or gully washed if we're Zarners here. Uh, G1 win 50 to 36 with Huss racking in an astounding 17 assists in the game, more than the entire rest of his teammates combined. Combined. That's fucking bonkers. Unreal. And then game three was strongholds on recharge. Complexity try and make things respectable in this one, but G1 basically had the lead from the beginning of the game and never let it go. G1 win 250 to 169. Nice. And the series three to nothing. So complex G1 sweep complexity in pools. Spoiler alert, G1 are not able to continue this trend when we get to the bracket play. Unfortunate for them. Um, Zarners, I'll quickly ask you, do you have any pool A matches you wanted to highlight? Because that's the only one that I have. I don't think so. That was really the only one. You pretty much summed it up. It was kind of the that recharge game was kind of wild. You know, G one kind of ran away with it, but there was back to back frenzies by two. Like Carmea had a frenzy, and the next thing you know, Precision had one on that. It uh-huh. was just so weird to watch that. It was unbelievable. Akusa says G one really let me down this turn. I think they let everybody down this tourney. Um, Thanatos, welcome back, and show enough, welcome back. Oh, trust me, we'll give shout outs to Sentinels. Don't you worry, they're gonna get their flowers. Trust me. Um. I also asked Zarn, did you have any series that you wanted to highlight in pools C, uh, in pools B or C? Because I do not. No, those were kind of just business as usual. The way I looked at it, whenever I was looking yes. through the results, there absolutely felt like it. There, yep, perfect. So in pool D, um, the only one that I have is probably I imagine what you guys wanted to talk about too, which is Sentinels Optic Gaming. Yep. Uh. So the winner of this series would ultimately guarantee the winner of the pool. Game one was CTF on Aquarius within less than a minute of the game. Starting lucid punches in the first flag of the game. All all with only a single assist to, to his stat line. His teammates were able to do literally everything else. He got a singular assist through that entire run, like flag run and cap. Consider that foreshadowing as to how uh, foreshadowing as to how the rest of the game is going to go. And yep, we then had back to back to back to back flag captures going the way of Optic to win the game five nothing. It was looking rough off the start. Holy shit! For Sentinels, yeah. Game two, Slayer on recharge. So this was my biggest question going into this weekend, and you guys can attest to this. Regardless of having Sentinel so high in the predictions, like we all basically did, I personally wanted to know whether or not this roster had what it takes to mentally regain after a tough loss, and this was going to be their first opportunity to to show it to me. And oh boy, they showed it to me. At one point in the game where the score was 33 to 19 in favor of Sentinels, spoiler alert, Optic and Slayers are not going to go so well this tournament, so just wait for that. But Optic, of course, find a way to bring things back in a manageable state, 42-39, to still in favor of Sentinels. 
They're able to keep it composed, and the and Sentinels win the game 50-44. to 44. Game through is king of the hill on solitude. Sentinels start off hot, taking back-to-back hills to take a 2-0 lead with the clock winding down fast. With only 35 seconds remaining on the game clock, Optic are finally able to put a hill capture of their own on the scoreboard, but Sentinels did not make it easy on them. And the same was nearly able to be said again, but this time Sentinels are able to make a crucial stop from allowing Optic to tie the game, getting all four players on the respawn screen. They take uh, Sentinels take the series lead 2-1 to one after a 2-1 to one King of the Hill win. Game four was oddball on live fire. Optic are not going to go down without a fight in this series, and they want to make sure Sentinels understand that. Optic answer right back. They take uh, they take back-to-back oddball rounds to, in dominant fashion. They win the game 2-0, and we have a game five, of which was Slayer on Streets. Guys, this is the Spartan show, and we're all just watching it. <laughs> Tyler absolutely pops off in not only this game, dropping 22 kills, but this series as a whole to lead his team to a 50-45 to victory, a 3-2 to series victory, and first place in the pool. And I still swear that rocket splash damage has been nerfed to some extent. I mean, come the fuck on. Spartan survives that rocket from Trippy and Tram with a bee's dick of health left? Yeah. That literally was right next to him. I rewatched that like five times, like going back and forth. And I was like, I I don't know any scenario where this doesn't kill him. Dude. <laughs> like, I, I swear it's when they, when they nerfed the nades. They, they nerfed, nerfed rocket the rocket too. It's so, all like, because it's all splash damage. Yep, it is. And it may have been even, you said it got weird again even after that. Yeah. It may have been when they reduced the range of the uh, sizzle sticks. The sizzle sticks. Because that's also area effect damage. Could have, absolutely. Um, I don't know. The one thing I want to say here is, so if you go to the show notes, exclamation point show notes in the chat, you will see that uh we have our tables like we had in the pre-show of our predictions and what we were right on and what we were wrong on. One thing that all three of us were incorrect on was Sentinels taking first in this pool. Yeah. But you know who was right about getting Sentinels taking first in this pool? Will, I think it may have been the mastermind of our shorts content, yep. all in Juan, and I think he has something he wanted to say. Hey, Will, guess what? I was right! I was right! I was right! And I'm going to give myself a woo! Bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Love Juan. Love you, oh, Juan. Awesome. Congratulations on predicting that Sentinels were going to take first in that pool. You absolutely nailed it. Um, and thank you so much for sending me that audio clip. I'm so glad you did so because I told you I was going to fucking include it. Um, Daddy, he recorded that. That, and I, that was Juan himself. Yeah. That was Juan himself. I told him to send it to me. I told him to do uh, do the rendition in my like the way I would do it and send it in so we can put it in the show. And bada bing, bada boom, there it is. Um, so congratulations to Juan. You fucking, you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. All right. Uh, did you guys have any other series you wanted to highlight in Pool D before we go to Championship Bracket? Nah, those were that was a big uh, one, man. Yeah, no series. Just wanted to point out a couple little things. Uh, the Do main it. one being 
in that game five Slayer, Optic actually took the lead at 30 to 29. And then Spartan got 11 of the last 21 kills for Sentinels to win, which I thought was a pretty bonkers stat. That is insane. He's pretty good at the game, guys. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) What's the other thing you had, Zarn? That is it, actually. Looking through. Says he has a couple things. Turns out it was actually one thing. Yeah, I thought I had another. I was wrong. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) It's all good. All right. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. What were you going to say? What were you transitioning to? I don't know where you're going. Championship bracket. Oh, I had the most correct predictions in pools. Yes. Okay. I got to take it. I got to take it. I was almost right. There it is. (laughs) There it is. He was almost right. Just the Sentinels optic was switched. Otherwise, I had every team predicted correctly. There you go. So real quick, actually, let's just go through the results real quick. So in pool A, Phase was first. G1 was second. Complexity was third. And Mind Freak was fourth. They got eliminated. In pool B, SSG was first. Native Red was second. Bittersweet, a.k.a. Carpe Noctum, was third. And then... Um, cruelty. That's it. Uh, they were eliminated. They got fourth in the pool. Quadrant and pool C took first. Native White took second. Cloud Nine took third. Uh, and then Impulse is that what it is? Regardless, I think that's, that's yeah, that's what it became. Yeah, they took fourth. They were eliminated as well. And then in pool D, Sentinels in first place, Optic in second, Shopify Re- uh, Rebellion in third, and Navi were eliminated from the tournament in fourth as well. Uh, again, all the results are in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show, exclamation point show notes in the chat. Or if you're tuning into the audio version of the show or the YouTube bot, it's in the description. So enjoy. Championship bracket, ladies and gentlemen. Few things to go over here. Just a few. First up, in winner's round one, we had Quadrant go up against Optic Gaming. The, the rematch from Arlington... Where Optic, uh, now this wasn't an elimination game, right? so the loser would go to loser's bracket still, but you best believe that Optic did not want to have a repeat of what happened in Arlington. And lucky for them, lucky for them, they did play a lot better this event than they did at Arlington. So games one and two were absolute pure domination, by the way, of Optic. And they smell their revenge from Arlington. I really don't have anything else to say. Like, they they just absolutely obliterated Quadrant in the first two games. Game three, though, was CTF on Aquarius. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the map mode combination in Infinite where it's known that multiple flag captures can happen within mere seconds of one another, it feels. Well, we saw exactly that with three separate flag captures happening all in the span of a minute. Quadrant strikes first to tie the game 3-3 and then proceed to strike again while the iron is hot to take a 4-3 lead with only 20 seconds remaining on the game clock. Optic roar into the Quadrant base to eliminate three players in quick succession and begin a last-ditch effort flag run to hopefully bring this game into a sudden death overtime round. But there was no hope necessary, just pure skill. Optic punch in the flag and are going to a sudden death reset round. And in... The reset round, both teams pull the opposing team flags and begin to make their moves, but Quadrant are able to capitalize on the situation, grabbing the necessary slays to then capture the optic flag within the first minute of the round. Quadrant want that reverse sweep. The question is, are they going to get it? The short answer, absolutely fucking not. Game four was oddball and recharge. Danimals, thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. I can say live show now. I'm back in the groove again. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Game four, oddball and recharge. Uh, Sika doing everything he can to run away from the incoming optic push through long haul and towards pit, allowing Quadrant the one second lead with five seconds left on the game clock. 
within the incoming clusterfuck, APG is able to snag the ball for the final seconds needed to win the round before dropping it once more to allow the final two seconds of the game clock to expire. Round two proceeded to have even less ball time allocated between both teams, but this time the strategy worked for Quadrant. Sika throws the ball out in the bottom gold stairs while maintaining a one-second lead once again, 34-33, to 33, with now only 11 seconds remaining on the game clock. But what Optic doesn't know is that SLG has a popped fresh camo and is simply waiting near the ball in the event a play is attempted to be made. Optic are unable to move, and Quadrant tie the game 1-1. to Jaren, you're too kind. Unfortunately for Quadrant, Optic were not going to let them come back into this one. Optic win the final round 100-81 in the Series 3-1. They get their revenge from their home major. Anything to add, gents? Um, for one, no strongholds in the series. No strongholds. You are definitely, you were absolutely correct. Quadrant. Nope. <laughs> Number two was, uh, I was really impressed with Trippy. It felt like this was a series where he started to really step up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we'll just have to see if that continues, but I was impressed with him in this series. Absolutely. I was honestly impressed. The re- So the question is, uh, optic always play well in pool play. Like, we, we know that they typically always dominate in pool play. Yes, Sentinels won the pool, which is phenomenal for them. But typically, Optic play well in pools. It's when they get to bracket play that it's like, what Optic are we going to get? And exactly. it feels like, at least for the beginning of this tournament, that we get a good one. Like, we get one that feels that, okay, they've ironed the shit out. Zarn, if you wouldn't mind, please, retelling what you heard, a formal talk about leading into this event. Yeah, so I believe Beth was telling me, correct me, it was on the Flycast, and he was talking about how he just wasn't locked in, and he almost just didn't really care that much on the past two events. But then after the most recent event um, in Arlington, they went out back and had a big team meeting kind of a la Kansas City last year and really talked it out. And he said they felt more confident going into this one and like they were relocking back in. And it definitely appeared as though they were doing just that. Now, whether or not that continues within the tournament, we'll have to wait and see as we get through these series. But they definitely were showing that, okay, we're fixing our mistakes, or at least we appear to be fixing our mistakes. Let's see how far we can make this go. Moving on. In losers round one, we have complexity go up against native white. In game one, CTF on Argyle, the versatile trash pile. Man, there's nothing else quite like a game that lasts nearly 20 minutes only to end in a single flag capture, am I right? That's exactly what happened here with Complexity securing the one and only flag cap of the game that that had to happen within the sudden death overtime round, no less. So, good for fucking them. Jesus Christ. Game four. That's right. I'm not going to talk about games two and three unless you guys want to. Um, Game four was oddball on streets. Okay, guys. (laughs) I want people. I don't. Okay. I don't want this to sound like I'm shitting on them because I'm not. This is just a pure observation. And we all had the literal same response when watching this live. Okay. So when I retell this, like, There's going to be some of that same enthusiasm, but I don't want it to be misconstrued as like I'm shitting on them because I'm not. Again, this is just pure 
happening from a spectator perspective. Okay. Again, game four was oddball on streets. Oh God. Native white are winning the first round 93 to 39 until the collapse happens. Complexity are able to maintain a chokehold on the oddball with a tram setup to bring the game all the way back and taking the lead. Native White have one last push to make to try to stop the bleeding. So what do they do? All of them. All of them. Push bend at the same time. Carmea gets the easiest triple kill of his life and Complexity take the round one win, 194. Guys, if you go back and watch this, they literally all came around the corner at the same exact fucking time. And the nades flew. Carmea's like, oh, what the fuck is going on right now? He gets a triple kill and the round's just done. Yep. It's like when you get that call out, it's like, oh, there's four here and there's really only like two or three. No, they were all four in that exact spot. Like, God, that killed me. I could could not fuck. We all had the same reaction yeah. when they just turned around the corner from Ben. What's up, Ben Jammin? Welcome back. Uh, also, Gotta, welcome back. Sleepy Fox, welcome back as well. Hope you guys are having a great night. All right. After a nice technical difficulty break, we have the next round underway. Now, Native White, you surely won't try the same desperate push again, right? Okay, good. You didn't. Wait. Instead, you basically all push C-steps? And King Nick proceeds to get himself a triple kill? Complexity win the second round, 100-62, and the series 3-1. to Native White are eliminated with a top 12 placing. When as a team lose as a team. That's that's exactly yeah. it. <laughs> that's exactly it. He's like I understand. Man, get a pinch or maybe yeah. or like try to get I don't It's just crazy to me that everyone pushed one spot on both attempts. Yeah. I so know. I don't understand it. So I don't understand it. For the second push, it was 3 out of the 4 members and two went at the same time, then one came in sh very very shortly thereafter and Bohm was sitting fucking B stairs. Like he's just he's just over there. And, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, "Uh-oh, hey. this is not good." It's like I've seen this before. Y'all go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably exactly what happened. He's just chilling. He's like, oh, I know where the fuck this is going. I don't want to be part of this one. Uh, Bankworthy, thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. So, again, really unfortunate for them. Was really hoping they'd do something a little bit more. Uh, Will, you had them way higher up in your predictions, and I love that. Uh, Zarn and I had slightly better um, expectations for what they were going to do. But uh, obviously, they wanted to place better than what they did. Obviously, games could have gone a different way. If just a play would have gone a different way. Uh, it, it's That's the case with literally anybody at this tournament, right? Yeah. Um, but that just it's just really unfortunate. Yes, we all wish that barcode was on the roster because we all would have loved to see what that roster was would be able to do with the full thing that they were trying to accomplish. Um, and like we were we were so excited when they picked up collect. And they had that force solidified, but then it was issue after issue after issue, and just not, they could not catch a fucking break. So 
Really hoping that Native White are able to catch a break because we would love to see them do better because we all we want is for these teams to be placing better. That's all we fucking want. Um, Katsuragi, thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. So, the other losers round one match I wanted to briefly talk about was Shopify going up against G1. And I don't need to talk about any of the games in this series. I just want to talk about the series as a whole because Shopify sweep G1. Now, you may be asking yourself, well, why did you want to talk about this if this was a sweep? Well, at the end of the day, G1 didn't win a single bracket play game. They went 0-6 in bracket play. They took second in their pool, and they went 0-6 in bracket play games, and they are also sent home with a top 12 placing. I was really riding high on them this event. I was really thinking that they were going to get their shit together and they'd really have an opportunity to make something happen. But man, as soon as bracket play started for them, things just did not pan out their way. And I know I'm not going to get into it right now because all the information's not out there yet. But yes, we know about the not paying of staff and players. And from what I've heard personally is that the Halo players are not affected by this. I could be wrong, but this is what I've heard. Again, not to hash it out. We'll we'll talk about it on the show when there's more information out there. But yes, we we know about the story that's going around. Um. So yeah, G1, they don't win a single bracket play game. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, really expected more from them. Yeah, I was thinking 7th, 8th was like the lowest I was expecting them to get. Obviously, I put them in 5th, 6th, so I was riding really high on them, but... Yep. I'm, I can't believe, I think I was right there with you as well. So what are you going to do? You know? Oh no, I had him seventh, eighth. I had him seventh, eighth with will. So, but still Mm -hmm. they didn't even make it that far. Yeah. What are you going to do? Winter semifinals. It's the next one I have here. And guys, I still can't believe As I was typing this out, I still can't believe this happened. I still can't believe this happened. Sentinels played against FaZe. Let's put something into... Actually, no, I'll I'll leave the perspective to later on because later on is when the big one happens. But Sentinels go up against FaZe in the winter semis. Game one was Strongholds on Recharge. After being down 126 to 8. 126 to 8. Sentinels turn on the gas and proceed to not only go on a run, but go on a full-blown fucking sprint. Sentinels win the game 250 to 146, never letting FaZe even sniff the chance of coming back into it. That is a statement game. You're going up against the back-to-back land champs. A team that, from Arlington, literally looked like the CLG Optic Talk Sentinels of old where they did not lose. And you just fucking annihilated them after being down a huge deficit in that Strongholds game. Game two was Slayer on Solitude. Tied 46 to 46, Frosty's able to grab the fresh sniper ammo, and he, along with the rest of the team, decide to completely rotate back to Plaza to try and get some control. But Sentinels had other plans in mind. Leaning into the phase roster doubling back, they decide to go on the offensive. 
and it just so happened to work out in their favor, catching the phase, the phase players off guard while Frosty was minding his own business in loop. Sentinels steal the game away from phase 50 to 49. That was like, I see. So there were two players in like bottom lift when Frosty grabs the fresh sniper ammo. Okay. Frosty immediately turns around. He's like, fuck this. And he runs all the way back to Plaza with his friends. Frosty sits loop the entire time. All of a sudden, you see the you see the Sentinels players just absolutely push in through Plaza, and the next thing you know, the game's over. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? It was crazy. It was absolutely bonkers. And then game three was King of the Hill on Live Fire. Again, all I want to say is that I still cannot believe that this series happened. And for it all to be encapsulated with a triple kill for Spartan, seeing his face light up in pure, inci- in pure excitement and joy, Falcated securing the final hill capture in the process, and the crowd going wild. Nothing beats it, man. Nothing beats it. And that means that, yes, Sentinels just 3 0'd the back to back land champs in phase to guarantee top four at the event. And this is only the second event with this revamped Sentinels roster. That's the scary thing. They've been together for like two months. And then I'm, I'm going to wake up for weeks thinking, wait, did this actually happen? They 3 0'd them? Like, Unbelievable. And the way that that Slayer game ended, the way that they showed just like dominance in that first game and then were able to close out. Unbelievable series. Seeing Spartan pop off, that was so sick. And then also Lethal, who has been getting shade for a while, really showed up and really let people know that he is still on the map. He still got it. That was one of my favorite pieces is that Lethal finally basically took down his old team and could get a spotlight on himself. And not just like, oh, you were only good because you were with these guys. No, he can he can still hang. And we're going to talk about Lethal's response uh, later on yes. in the show as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, Spirit, thank you so much for the follow. Welcome to the live show. Hope you're enjoying yourself. Rap Hands, welcome back. Good to see you. Peanut Mutt, welcome back as well. Absent, if I missed you, welcome back too. Um, okay. We have the other winner's semifinal match. SSG going up against Optic. Guys, remember, SSG are Optic's boogeyman, okay? They're their kryptonite. They can't, they never beat them, basically, when they face off against each other. So maybe this time will be different. Let's find out. Game one was strongholds on recharge. SSG nearly mount the unfathomable comeback off the heels of an incredible triple cap, but it was APG with a great job of staying alive and Trippy being the anchor needed to finish off the SSG players in B and secure the final seconds needed to win the game, 250 to 247. Halt, can we skip this? Why would we skip this one? This one's great. Modern (laughs) Spartan, thank you so much for the follow. Welcome to the live show. Game two with Slayer on Solitude. Optic continue their run with a 50 to 45 win. Optic are on the verge of finally defeating their boogeyman in SSG. Were it so easy? Uh, Eunice, thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. Game three was King of the Hill on live fire with only 15 seconds remaining on the game clock and only needing a few more seconds in the hill to tie the game. 
SSG performed the beautiful collapse on the optic players on the B Hill. Trippy is able to run away with his life, though, through tunnel and attempt to regroup for one final push as a team. And with formal nearly securing a perfectly timed triple kill, it was too late. Time expires and SSG take the map win. Game four is CTF on Argyle. After yet another technical difficulty, we have another reset. And SSG continue to capitalize. Penguin runs in the winning flag to tie the series 2-2. Two to two. Ladies and gentlemen, the boogeyman is back. Game five was Slayer on recharge. Oof. Optic were putting the grinder on this one. They lose 50 to 40. Remember Slayers, guys? Just keep that in mind. Keep the Optic Slayers in mind. Uh, Dilac, or Dilac? Dilac? I apologize for mispronouncing your name. Thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. Which also means that, yes, SSG complete the reverse sweep against Optic Gaming. The Kryptonite is still there. They still cannot close out a fucking series against them. Do you guys have anything you want to add about this one? Well, as as Riz was saying, Stellar was on. I had just started to just completely elevate and ascend to I don't know what plane he was on. He hit that 180 on APG after going on a run. And then he I, I rewatched it. He was like a pixel off from hitting formal for the double. His snipe was unbelievable in this series. Oh, man. We're going to talk about SSG and snipers later. Don't you worry about oh, that. Yeah. It's oh, going to yeah. be a little That's... scary. Yeah, Stellar just put up an amazing performance that series. And, you know, I want to say in that game five, Optic did go down fast and they kind of clawed their way, but they just dug themselves too big of a hole. They did. They couldn't yep. put it together fast enough. Absolutely. And I have more to think about the Slayers later, but um, I think there's something going on with Trippy's play style in those games, which we'll get into a little bit later. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Uh, Fulcrum, welcome back. Good to see you. Biz, welcome back as well. All right. Losers round three. Optic went up against Native Red. This is heartbreaking. Um, and the CTF APG should have ran the flag to the stairs of the Optic base and an easy cross for his teammates. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um. So, Optic went up against Native Red, and again, the only game I want to talk about, the only game that I think really mattered in the grand scheme of things was Game 5, which was Slayer on Live Fire. If there's anything you don't do, it's count Optic out of a Slayer, even when down over 10 kills to start the game which I feel has been a trend of theirs. Native Red were primed for the reverse sweep, which would have been directly after Optic had been reverse swept by, AC, uh, by SSG. But this unfortunately was not going to happen. Native Red let the lead get away from them, and Optic were able to capitalize on the moment. They win the game 50-44, to 44, preventing the reverse sweep, and Native Red are sent home with the top six placing. Native Red had a real opportunity here. A real one. But Optic just went on a fucking run. It didn't stop. Native Red weren't able to do anything to stop it. And it's unfortunate for them. I know that they're hurting on this one. But the best part about this, if there was ever a silver lining, and we hear pros talk about it all the time, is that you use this for fuel for the fire. 
That's what you do for this game. You lost that game. You had it within your grasp. You hold on to that feeling. You manifest that feeling, and then you bring it back tenfold next event. That's what I'm hoping that they're going to be able to do. We'll have to wait and see. Next up, in the loser's semifinal, we had FaZe going up against Optic. The loser of this series gets sent home with a fourth-place finish. Just let that sink in for a moment. The only two teams that have combined won the previous five LAN events, and one of them will be sent home in fourth after the series has concluded. Oh yeah, and it has been quite some time since these two teams have played each other in a LAN. Game one was King of the Hill on Solitude. Optic opened the series off with a hot start to win the game 3-1. to one. Game two was Slayer on Recharge. FaZe answered right back with a win of their own, 50-39. to 39. Game three was Oddball on Streets. Optic closed it out 2-0. Game four was Strongholds on Live Fire. FaZe clutched up in the final seconds to prevent a desperate Optic push to send the series into a game five, winning 250-239. to 239. Now, game five was Slayer on Aquarius. The reason I haven't said much about this series is because I wanted to emphasize this next moment. During a phase listen-in, you get to hear firsthand the preparation it takes for teams at this top level of play. Phase, even with the lead, decide to slow the game down and make Optic push to them. Now, with a five-kill lead, you may be asking yourself, why not keep up the pressure? Why hang back? Well... Based on what FaZe are talking about in their comms, and I'm I'm saying it nicely, okay? I'm going to say this nicely. If you yeah. go back and you look, listen to that listen, and they weren't nice about it, which is fine. I'm just, yeah. If you, based on what FaZe are talking about in their comms, they know it's an optic weakness. You see, optic are good when the opposing team is on the back foot, when optic have the advantage, but they tend to falter when the pressure's on them. FaZe understand this and decide to make Optic push to them and make the mistakes. And then, once the first mistake is made, FaZe proceed to collapse on the opposing Optic members, continuing to reset spawns and wait for the next opportune time to make their move. FaZe execute the plan perfectly and they win the game 50-44 to and they send Optic home in fourth. Oof. Go ahead. Did you have anything you wanted to add, Zarn? Yes, there's a lot in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, that game for strongholds there at the end, I still can't believe. I, I still think APG should have got more aggressive, but even still, Royal Two literally like tanks a sight bullet and then just walks straight and walks behind APG and beats him down. That was like the most weird play there at the end. I think obviously APG thought he would just back down and try to live, but he literally just walked straight up and that won them the rest of that or guaranteed that Optic was not gonna be able to get control there at the end. Yep. T Mag, that's that like I said, I said it nicely. Yes. Yeah. We know what they said in the listening. I said it nicely. Yeah, and then to the point there, uh going back to Trippy and Slayers, I think it summed up really well them talking about this. Um 
as Josh put it nicely. Uh, I think what what it is is Trippy's playstyle seems to be very like high risk, high reward in these slayers, and it seems like he's taking the role of sort of being the flanker, the one who is there whenever the chaos, whenever Optic is getting the pressure on them. Trippy is there to clean up the chaos. That's why a lot of times you'll see him put up big stats, but at the same time. If you look, especially in this game, he starts out like one in seven or something. And then in a couple other Slayers throughout this tournament that they lost, it was a very similar deal. Whenever they were losing, it was because Trippy was getting just completely shut down early on in the game. Now, sometimes like in the native red, he turned it back on and they figured it out. But in this one, FaZe literally just knew exactly what to do and completely shut him down for the rest of the game. So... I want to pause for a second. Maybe this can be a conversation for another show, but I, it, it is, you know, a topic of conversation. I think might as well ask it now since optic have been officially eliminated from the tournament at this point in time. What does optic need to do? And I'm not, I'm not going as far as saying like a roster change or anything, because I don't think that needs to necessarily happen. I know that people are like, you know, it's the internet. It's Reddit. What are you going to do? I don't think a roster change needs to happen. So do you guys remember, uh, do you guys remember the Bravo clip when he talked about it of what he thinks that optic needs to do? Yes. Zarn, are you able to talk about that? If I put you uh, on the spot? Sure. Yeah. Um, essentially he was saying that lucid is carrying too much load, given the fact that he feels that he has to do the most damage, you know, consistently get the kills and he is IGLing the entire way. Like he is calling pretty much every single shot on the map as they're going through this. And it's just a huge amount for him to take. If you look at other teams, like look at SSG, look at phase, who do they have taken that IGL role? It's not their main slayer. Like it, like sure, Snakebite and Eco can step up, do the slays, but majority of the time they are supporting. They're more supporting role in their uh, gameplay. So it's just kind of it's so much to put on Lucid to, especially someone so aggressive with the movement. Like as he's flowing, to also be able to make all the calls and not necessarily focus on what's in front. It's it's amazing that he does so much. Honestly, mm -hmm. I think that's definitely that's a huge point. When Bravo brought, brought that up, it made so much sense and. I could definitely see that helping to improve, you know, maybe get formal or someone like that to really help out uh, more with the IGL and just the decision-making for the team in the process. Absolutely. Thank you for highlighting that. I appreciate it. Um, Lukey, Lukey, thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. Daddy, I'm going to say they don't. I, I know, like, not to get on the roster topic here, but, like, I don't think they need to make a change. And if anything, ABG helped win them games in that tournament. Yeah. Like, it's not... And I know you're not saying this, Daddy. I'm just going to say this for the overall generalization: is that we everybody hopefully understands that stats don't mean everything, right? If you look at if you look at a team, Halo Infinite's a team-based game. Okay, it. I know that it's incredible to see like individual players pop off, like Stellar with the sniper, for example, just as one literal example. But it is a team-based game. Stats do not mean everything. It's all, it, it's more so about positioning. It's more so about plays that happen. It's when you see in an objective game that like, it's not about how many slays you get. It's about how much objective time you have. It's about the setups that you have to get set objective time. It's those plays that you make to have a ball in a spurt in a, in a specific position to prevent a team from being able to pick it up. It's, keeping a two cap setup in a strongholds 
getting the two or three slays necessary to maybe get a triple cap or maybe just hold your two cap and make sure nobody gets in to break your setup. It There's so many different factors in play. And APG was pivotal in allowing Optic to win specific games during this tournament. So that's why I don't think that any roster change needs to take place. It's when Zarners was talking about how formal mentioned that it basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. It's like he didn't give a shit the last two events where to now it feels like they actually gave more of a shit and believe it or not, it actually worked out. Like, yes, they got fourth this event. Did anybody see phase optic playing in that loser's round? Did anybody see that happening? I don't like people no. probably did. There are probably people out there that did, but like, I think the vast mm-hmm. majority never saw that exact series happening the way it did. And at the same time, um, that series went to five games. It was very close, all things considered. And it was just optic in that. I mean, yeah, optic and their slayer not working out. If, if there's a change they need to make, it is their slayers. They're a um, strategy on slayers. Cause that's what we saw. They went down early in almost every slayer. Seriously. And mm-hmm. Zarn's right. Trippy, um, plays a big piece of their strategy. And if he's caught out, if they know what they're doing, that, that needs to change. Um, we also saw them against the top teams in the league not have as much control over power weapons or heat wave, things like that. Um, other teams know to get those weapons out of optic, Optic's hands and control that space better. So they need to figure out a way to regain on those, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. I think also one thing to note is the fact that they were super close. They literally took each of the top three teams to game five. Yep. Yeah. All of them. Very true. It's not like they got blown out. They needed to shore up Slayers 100%, just like Will just said. And also, as Josh was saying, APG played a pivotal role. Even in that native red game, he was the only other person positive on the team. Yep. Going 13 and 10 in that game to help secure that comeback and that win. He played a pivotal role in that and multiple other ones throughout. I think he showed improvement in this game, in this um, tournament. And I think like if he can consistently show that throughout, like they're going to be... Definitely getting close to back up top. If him and Trippy, if they can get kind of their roles sort of more figured out, I think it's more of a role thing as far as the Slayers go, um, then they should be able to compete for the top again without, you know, not without issue, but you know what I'm saying. Like they, they're right up there if they can get that together. And also, like, I, I see people saying it's like, oh, well, it worked out for FaZe when they got rid of Lethal. It's like there's not a renegade out there on the market. There's no. not a literal, like either arguable number one player in the game to just pick up and put on the roster. He, no. He's not out there as far as a free agent goes. So it's like, there's not someone they can just pick up and it's, and you can almost guarantee some sort of better success. So, and it's so close to world. I mean, we're two months away. It's just like, it's just not the time to do it. They showed a lot of improvement in this one. And I really think if they can continue to figure out and work on their weaknesses, that they can definitely improve and get back into that winning form. Yes, and taking it a step further, like not to not to dunk on Native Red, but I think the, one of the reasons why Native Red lost in that Game 5 Slayer in a heartbreaking fashion is because they maybe they're just not as disciplined as the top three, four teams in the league. So we've, we've seen it happen with SSG. We've seen it happen with FaZe. When you go to a game five slayer with those two teams and your optic and you're down by a significant margin, or like, even if it's close, 
those other teams have the real opportunity to actually beat you. Where a native red, they had that dramatic lead at the beginning of the game, but Optic just appeared to be a little more disciplined in that regard. They clutched up when they needed to, and they take down native red. But yes, that that's like, they need to fix their shit. Like they need to fix their Slayer performances because you can't bank on that happening every time where you're down 10 to 12 to 15 kills to then claw your way back up, get seven, eight in a row to hopefully work your way back and win a game. That's not going to happen against these top teams. They're not going to let you do that as we saw in the phase comms. So they, that is the biggest thing that they need to fix. Um, real quick, uh, Daylac, again, you need to tell me how to pronounce your name. I apologize for mispronouncing it. Thank you for the primer. You get a woo! Uh, Method Jack and Paladian, or Paldian, Paldian. Thank you guys for the follows. Welcome to the live show. Uh, Jack says, seems like Optic had a problem closing lately, which seems uncharacteristic of them. It's not even been uncharacteristic. It's been characteristic of them for the past two, now three lands. So they really, really need to fix that shit. Um, welcome back to Slow Dive as well. So thank you guys for breaking that down. I really appreciate it. So we all, we're all in agreement that there doesn't need to be a roster change to take place there. They clearly, Zarn, you, you hit the nail on the head. They've been taking the top teams to game fives, whether or not it works in their favor, you know, that's the right. thing. But if they can shore up, especially their slayers, which is easily the thing that they need to work on the most. And I know that a lot of pros don't like slayers, um, in the competitive halo scene, I respect that. But at the same time, when you get them two out of the five games in a series, you need to make sure that if it's not one of your strong suits, it needs to be as close to a strong suit as possible. So these, you can't, you can't guarantee that you're going to win in three, that you're going to win in four. You know, you need to be able to prepare yourself for a game five situation. So that's where I'll, that's where I'll end that. Anything else you guys want to say before we move on? No? There's been there's been some conversation in chat about how, yes, the members on Optic are all great, but do they need someone who is more aggressive to complement Lucid style? No, I don't think so. Personally, I, I don't I'd, think so. Yeah, I still think even if they did, I don't see, like, who are they getting is right. what I can't someone see. Someone said like, Sentinels, right? I mean, someone just, said Spartan, right? Like, just hypothetically. Yeah, it's like, but he's not going to leave Sentinels. That's the thing. Now, right. like. But, but I'm saying, like, just hypothetically, doesn't matter who the player is. If they had another more aggressive slayer, I mean, I guess all the factors, but just say Trippy just goes to freaking Spartan levels or renegade levels or whatever, is that going to help them? Or are they now going to dominate too much in like the slaying department and lose an objective? Because that's what I feel APG and trippy do well is they complement the objective on top of lucid slaying power. So we're seeing a lot of suggestions. I'm, I'm going to hit yeah. on your point. I've seen a lot of suggestions in chat for people like tool says Talek, uh, I could say suspector or swish. Um, that, but that's the thing, though, too, right? If they make a change, also Sleepy Fox, thank you for the primer. You get a woo. If let's say one of those three players gets 
on the roster, right? Do they make that team dramatically better than what they currently are? Like, I have bad respect for those players. Don't get me wrong. But do they make them Same. dramatically better? Yeah, I, I just feel like they, it's just not a renegade. Like, a renegade situation, you look at that and you're like, there's almost no way that they don't, at a minimum, stay the same. But they're almost guaranteed to get better. And, like, those players are incredible. And there's a decent chance it might make it better. But I just don't... This this quickly before Worlds, I just don't see that there's there's no way they could take that type of chance. With the success this roster's had in the past and the fact that they're trending, I just I can't see another player stepping in right now um, and them taking the chance on them. That, I believe the exact same thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, Pat might not be too far off here. Just says Optic is head casing. Maybe they are. You know, like, yeah. just like we heard in that listening where they're like, formal, go bat ledge with camo. And he like, he's, they're like, no formal, do what you want. Like they might just have some sort of disconnect there that they need to clean up and they'll be right back in shape. Danny, thank you yeah. for the bit. I want to comment on what Luki said here. He said, uh, they just need the team to reflect. I think the roster is fine. If they adjust themselves, APG is excellent. He's not renegade, but four renegades wouldn't win. It's true. Ice cream with a semi-hot take uh, says optic win worlds. If they're on the same page, who knows? We, we definitely saw them better than the last two events when they were mm -hmm. finally, when it it's, appears as though formal gave a shit now. So maybe if he gives more of a shit, maybe they play better. <laughs> I don't know. Jack, I don't think there's an ego clash on optic. Um, honestly, having, we have we've spoken to those guys, and I don't think there would be an ego clash. They they want to talk things out and get to the bottom of everything that's going on. Uh, Ron, it's not. By the way, Riz says formal was the best player on optic this event. I mean, if you're looking at stats wise, sure. But again, like I, I oh man. No, nah, I'm not going to go that far yet. I'll reserve my thought. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I don't think Optic need to make a change, and yeah. I, I think just throwing out suggestions as to who they need, like I know that people could look at Sentinels and be like, guys, they've only played two events together and they got second this event. Like that's anybody can do it. Not necessarily, and it clearly it clearly looks like. Optic have a system like they have a method to their madness, if you will, to where I don't necessarily think that if you just take anybody from any other team and you inject them into that roster, that they're going to just be that a, they're going to gel and b they're going to be significantly better. I just don't see it happening. At least not yet. I don't know. Um, Tara Fort Worth, Fort Worth is when the hoodie releases. And we'll talk about that later too. So, yeah. Are we ready to move on, gents? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Winner's final was SSG going at Sentinels. And honestly, to me, there was not much to say in regard to the series being close because it was anything but. Even with Sentinels winning the strongholds on solitude 250 to 67, which was a fucking blowout, um, 
Thinking that this would end up being a series, SSG just proceeded to wipe the floor with the Sentinel squad in the CTF to win the series 3-1. They guarantee their spot in the grand finals. Zarners, like you mentioned, from winners. And they only need to beat one more opponent to claim the trophy as their own. Let's see if it happens. In the loser's final, Sentinels went up against FaZe again. So there's no way that they do it again, right? Guys, for reference here, they had previously 3-0'd FaZe earlier in the tournament. Like, there's, there's no way that they do anything like that again, right? Game one was CTF on Argyle. And here we go again with an over 20-minute game of Argyle CTF. But in the end, it was Spartan putting on his favorite Spider-Man impression, taking off Royal 2's head with the sniper to allow his team the opening needed to start the game-winning flag run. The fucking bonkers thing about this is he whips around the corner to, to get to FaZe's base, and he does a fucking 180 and rips Royal 2's head off. As Royal 2 had Sniper as well. Like, he just fucking, he lands, he, he grapples, he lands on his feet, immediately whips around and just takes his head right off. With all four members of FaZe on the respawn screen, Boo Dubu uh, continues the flag run while Spartan swings his way back to the home base to try and lay down some more damage. Fortunately, no more damage is needed as Boo Boo finishes the flag capture to take a 1-0 series lead. Game 2 was Slayer on Solitude. Boo Dubu somehow, some way, does not get his head ripped off by Frosty with the sniper, which means that they're still in this game. Royal 2 is taken down after having to drop down from top nest, tying the game 49-49. to But with Snakebite and Renegade watching the opposite snipe side near dip, and with Frosty being a nuisance in lift, Falcade is just unable to help Boo Dubu quick enough to prevent his teammate from dying. Phase win, 50-49. to Game three is King of the Hill on Livefire. Remember when I said earlier that my biggest question and concern for Sentinels heading into this tournament was whether this team would be able to mentally reset after a tough loss? While my question may have been answered earlier in the tournament, this time I was left absolutely zero doubt. How does a hot 4-0 sound to eliminate the naysayers? Because that's exactly what Sentinels did. They win King of the Hill on Livefire 4 to nothing. And game four was oddball on recharge. After a commanding first round win by way of Sentinels, we had a hotly contested second round. With a phenomenal hold and play ball by way of Falcated, Sentinels have, have a one second lead, 67 to 66, with only 22, 22 seconds left on the game clock. And the ball coming back in shortly. And with nothing short of a miracle. Frosty is able to snag the ball at the very last second of game time remaining to tie the game 67 to 67 and send the round into overtime. Falcade gets the ball once again, kills a Royal two from a missed melee and continues to rack up ball time. But all nearly seemed lost for the Sentinel squad as FaZe were able to make a last stitch effort to secure the ball over by Hydro. But Sentinels are able to break the setup once again and with the last seconds of the game clock ticking down, Spartan throws the ball off the map to secure the win and the Sentinels trip to the grand finals. Sentinels eliminate FaZe from the tournament with a third place finish. 
in a 3-1 fashion. What the fuck were Sentinels on when going up against FaZe? Because good lord, that was insane. Six wanting them and you know, one kill away from six owing them this tournament. Yeah. That was nowhere near my bingo card. Wasn't even like in the house for that. Nope. I mean, well, you and I had FaZe winning the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know what happened. Uh Sentinels just came out flying. And I guess I'm still flabbergasted it happened the way they did. Um, FaZe looked so dominant in the last couple tournaments that I didn't expect anyone to touch them. And Sentinels must have found something in their game that they were able to exploit, and they just played played very well. They did. Jack says, lethal is lethal. We all just forgot. No, 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 no. We did not forget what lethal is capable of. He's still a phenomenal player. And if anything, he just proved it further. If anything, he proved the naysayers wrong. At least I hope he fucking did because he's amazing. Toucan Sam says, I forgot to be honest. It's okay. It's okay. Um, Ron says, it's it's obviously not as simple as this, but lethal actually having fun and playing free is huge. Ron, it absolutely is. Mental is a very big thing, as we all hopefully understand. And... Now that it, it appears as though Lethal's on a team that he can have fun with and he can actually enjoy playing the game, yes, it absolutely goes a long way. And we clearly saw that happen here. Okay. The grand final. I'm just going to say spoiler alert here. I don't have game breakdowns here because of how this series happened. But there's one thing I want to say. What else is there to say other than to never, and I mean never, allow Stellar to have the sniper if you're on the other team? Drop whatever the fuck it is you're doing at the time and make sure your sole effort is preventing that weapon from entering that man's hands, plain and simple. No fucking joke. That is now an objective marker on the map. (laughs) That's just another one. You just go to that. Get him off. Take it out of his hands. (laughs) This series was another slobber knocker by way of SSG. They end the series in a 4-0 sweep to claim the trophy and become your SLC home crowd champions. Woo. Congratulations to them. Obviously, if you guys have anything else you want to say about this series, feel free to. SSG Gosh. annihilated them. That's, that's I mean, what yeah, happened. That's yeah, yeah, really... They just put them in a the blender. It was a golly washer. Golly washer, yep. Oh, my God. Uh, Synergy, thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. We already talked about it. There's no need. Hey, I believed you, Tools, just so you know. You can ask Jazz. You can ask Will. Months ago, I started talking about that. Yeah. Like, right, I think it was literally right after you mentioned it. And I was like, and I started watching. I was like, he is. I believe. And then now, just proving you right. So, thank you. Goddamn. Um, obviously, I'm wearing the Sentinels gear today because I was just super proud of them and what they were able to accomplish. Absolutely. Um, putting their names up there on the map again being a top, well, two team now. I know, and I hope that that continues for them because I think those guys really deserve it. Yes, I know you can't really see it because Will's sitting in front of it, but I did move the Sentinels jersey to be right next to the winner's, the winner's spot. Is that visible? It's kind of kind of visible. <laughs> kind of visible. So yeah. I just know that they are there. They did get moved. Optic got moved back. So it is what it is. 
But yeah, you're 1000% correct. Sentinels. I was already proud of them at Arlington. Like I was living the fucking dream at Arlington for them. And then for them to come out like this, put just put phase on the chopping block. Like they did like, what the fuck? And then proceed to get second in this event is just absolutely remarkable. Remarkable. Zarn, anything you want to add? <sighs> no, I don't think so. I think you summed it up well. Just unreal, unreal the journey that they had this tournament. And also just seeing SSG's dominance was oof, something special. Oof, indeed. Will, we're at that time. Oh, yeah. Do you want to run through the results? We'll run through the placings here. Um, 13th through 16th, we had Mind Freak, Cruelty, Impact, and Navi. 9th through 12th, we had Bittersweet, G1, Native White, and Cloud9. 7th, 8th, we had Shopify, Rebellion, Complexity. 5th, 6th, Native Red, and Quadrant. 4th, went to Optic Gaming. 3rd, Phase Clan. 2nd, Sentinels. And taking home the dub at their own event, Space Station Gaming. Zarners, you have the floor to gloat that you were right about the first place prediction. The floor is yours. I would yell it into the microphone, but I'm pretty sure Discord will cut it. So uh, <laughs> honestly, if you just want to play Juan's clip again, I mean, oh. that's exactly my feelings right now. <laughs> Juan, take it away. Hey, Will, guess what? Why me? I was right. <laughs> because I say it. I was right. I was right. And I'm going to give myself a <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I love the, the bitch. bitch. Thanks, Juan. Thanks. <laughs> I love the bitch so much at the oh, end there. Man. Oh, my God. Um, congratulations, Zard, for getting the prediction correct there. You you officially on the board for having a correct prediction on this show. One um, for one. Yes, you were one for one on first place. On first, first place. place. Yes, yes, on first. Yes, yes. yes. That is correct. All right. I want to get to some thoughts here from the event in general. Um, first, I want to talk about the players. So I yes. mentioned how we how we talk about what Lethal said. Uh, Daddy, thanks again for the bits. And then FF Sin. I, I apologize for mispronouncing your five-letter name, but thank you for the follow and welcome to the live show. Lethal said the following. Don't have it in me to reply to everyone who said something to me, but know that I appreciate it more than you know, and I don't know what else to say, except winning that loser's final series was very, very needed for me, and I feel like a whole new man. And thank you to my team for making it possible. If you haven't already, put some goddamn respect on Lethal's fucking name. Please. Oh, I'm just going to call you Sin then. That makes that makes way more sense to me. He says it's from FF10. Sin yeah. is the main enemy mm -hmm. in FF10, so I'm just going to call you Sin. Sin, thank you for the primer as well. You get a woo! Greatly so, appreciate so it. So Sin's a BBEG? Big bad evil guy? Yeah. <laughs> more like a big bad evil like entity. Thing, yeah. Or being. It's okay. weird. It, it, Sin in FF10 is weird, but whatever. Um... Thank you for the primer regardless. So yeah, put some respect on Lethal's name if you haven't already. He is easily one of the best players in the world. He continues to be one of the best players in the world. 
And now that he's having fun, you better watch the fuck out. Um, let's get to what Spartan said. He says, thank you so much to everyone for all the support. It hurts a little to not win, but I'm so proud of my entire team for how far we've come in such a short time. We put in such hard work and we'll keep doing it. Love these guys truly. Feeling like I'm back to playing like myself after a rough start to the year is a feeling like no other. The reason I can do that is because my teammates enable me to do that. I couldn't be happier to have these guys on my side. Fort Worth and Worlds next. I'm sure teams will take a small break, a small break from practicing, but you can bet that I'll be back on my grind as soon as I get home. No time to waste. Last thing I have to say is thank you so much, Space Station, for hosting this event. It means a lot to not only me, but your team, the community, and Halo as a whole. I will never forget this one, and SSG made it possible. And yes, Spartan was on a whole other one as well in this event. Like, fucking. Also, shots like Falcon and Boo Boo, too. Like, they all yeah. played remarkably well. Um, And the last one I wanted to shout out was Bound. This was his first event win, as a matter of fact. And what a way to do it as well. Um, and yes, that LVT interview with Spartan was very good. Go check that out. Yeah. Bound said, wow, shout out my teammates, man. Guys are gods and gave me the opportunity of a lifetime a year ago and knew this was inevitable. Means so much winning an SLC for SSG and shout out all the fans who came out and gave us home field advantage. Fuck yeah. That hometown cream, baby. That hometown <laughs> cream cannon. <laughs> Gotta love it. And yes, shout out to Bound, his first tournament win at home. Wow. That's awesome. It's just fucking awesome. All right. Let's talk about the event. So if you guys don't remember, I was pretty, pretty harsh on uh, Arlington in terms of how the event went down. If you want my full thoughts on that disaster, you can go watch part one of that post show. But holy shit. Am I so, so happy to say that again, what I said kind of at the top of the topic is that space station appear to have put on one of, if not the best halo events that we've had in recent memory. They absolutely killed it from a production standpoint, from a broadcast standpoint, from a venue standpoint, from basically an everything standpoint, from what I've heard, and I'll get to what people were talking about from what I've heard. The majority of one of the issue is the game problems, which they had no control over. So, I just, I'm so fucking happy that we get to praise basically everything about this event instead of dog shitting on it like Arlington. So without further ado, more. yes, here's some event thoughts from the community before we get into our thoughts as a whole, gentlemen. Uh, C4, Corey, he only attended on Friday. So here is that. The venues, he says, are 100 times better than Optics. It's also much better than the Majors. The only thing I wish they had done here was have a small side tournament. There were free PlayStations for 1v1s, 2v2s, and OG Halo 2, but there weren't any stakes or prizes. Still very cool to be able to play. 
SSG hid skull pictures around the event amongst all the other artwork. He had to find all five and head to the SSG booth to win a small pin with the SSG event logo, which was fun and sick as fuck. They also had to challenge cards like they did at Worlds, where you went around and got free swag and participated in each booth to get a raffle ticket for prizes. You also got a raffle ticket at the door with your GA ticket, as well as free posters and stickers. They had 12 arcade cabinets to enjoy. NBA Jam, TMNT, Street Fighter 2, MK2, Galaga, Pac-Man, a hunting gun game, and another one I can't remember. The 2v2 setup had free shirts and were advertising their PC setups as well, which was sick. There were several photo op areas as well as one where they took three pictures of you holding flat uh, prop guns that were sent to you in a QR code to download. The main stage bar area was dope, but the food was majorly expensive. The top balcony was for VIP only. Not a big gripe for me, but it was still cool. So again, if you got a VIP ticket, you got balcony seats. That's pretty sweet. I love balcony seats, Will. You, you know do. that. I do love that. I like being in the pit. You you do. <laughs> yeah. I like being secluded and just sitting up and just like like Zordon is right now. Just yeah, fucking yeah, just watching over us. It's right now. pretty nice up here. I'm yeah, not gonna lie. There you so. go. <laughs> um and then let me see here. The walk from the underground to the depot was not far at all and took less than two minutes and was very easy to find thanks to the signs SSG put up everywhere. And then there was also a wall signing where you could use neon paint and markers to sign your name. Very neat. Loved it. Overall, I'll give this event a 10 out of 10 compared to the other events we've had so far. World still has it to beat, but not by much. And that's only because it's an, uh, there has an LSS tournament in a bigger venue. How about the booths? Oats Overnight had a booth with free samples, which was dope. FaZe had their booth and Native Gaming had theirs with free stickers and a chance to win a PC with the purchase of their merch for one ticket per item. They also had a signing, which uh, you probably already knew about. We did, but thank you. They had a booth called Player X with hats and free shirts. The app is for fantasy esports. They're looking to add Halo later on, but for now they have Valorant and I think CS and they're adding League of Legends at some point too. They had a Roblox booth with some custom made maps. So there's that. Interesting. Yep. Salt Lake Sports was there with a booth and a chance to win a free swag, including a small beach ball, sunscreen chapstick, and a cooling towel or sunglasses. They're looking to get into esports at some point as well. So again, those were Corey's thoughts from just Friday. Shot Aces attended, and he said the following, I can tell you right now, this is the best production we've had for any event. You can probably already tell that from the broadcast. The fact that the side stages and booths are in another building isn't isn't as big as an issue as people may thought it was. The B stream audio sometimes overwhelms the C stream and D stream viewing, but that's a very minor complaint. The overall atmosphere is really nice too, appealing to a graffiti punk vibe, very mid 2000s nostalgia vibe. Bryce Archer said the following: "I'm a longtime Halo fan, essentially since Carbon Upset Final Boss, but I've never been to an event." So growing up, going to an MLG, then HCS event became a bucket list item, which I got to check off today. And it was fucking worth it. The wife and I had such a good time. We were planning to uh, planning a trip to Seattle for Worlds, and I think the HCS is SSG to thank for that. They clearly put a ton of heart and thought into this event. I was surprised at how much was at the free venue. It felt exciting, but intimate. SSG is our team, and being part of SSG chance to drown out Greenwall folks was fun. The wall that went through... Uh, the history of competitive Halo was so fun for an old school Halo junkie like me. Also, everyone was so pleasant. 
I must uh, have seemed like a fangirl to the wife as I pointed out Heinz, Walshy, T2, Elamite, and the current pros throughout the venue. The matches have been good so far, and the presentation is on par with the awesome players we got to see. Bound getting his first win in front of the home crowd was borderline storybook for that event. This event felt like it had so much soul in it. To end with Eco getting teary from the crowd's enthusiasm at the end felt like the perfect close. Again, this is my first event, so not sure what was unique about this and what is the norm, but this felt special. And then we had Aaron the Geek, who I believe is in chat right now, who also attended. And he said, full disclaimer here, this is only the second LAN I've ever attended in person, and I've only ever watched HCS with Halo Infinite, so my points of comparison are obviously limited, but I have a hard time imagining how this tournament could have been better planned or executed by SSG. All of my admittedly very few issues with the event were either well within the norm or out of their control. It sucked that the phase native game had so many issues, but that's hashtag just infinite things. Wasn't that like a three hour long series or something because of the technical difficulties or something? Was some that shit? Uh, phase in G1? Phase native red. G1, yeah. No, phase G1 well, was had it phase a G1? super long series as well because there of the technical. Yeah, it could have been two, yeah. Um, the main venue had some annoying food and water restrictions, but that was a live nation policy thing and not SSG. The only complaint I had that they were responsible for is that it uh, wasn't significant. It, it is that it wasn't insignificant to watch from main stage to the underground. You had to go through security every time, uh, and there was maybe a five to ten minute walk depending upon the crowd. So you really couldn't game hop like you could at some venues. But that's a pretty small complaint, all things considered. Things SSG in their tournament did well. Basically everything else. There were frequent giveaways with great prizes and fun games involved. He actually won a $130 Bluetooth speaker playing Halo Pictionary. Congratulations. Nice. Lots of rock, paper, scissors tournaments. Native gave away a gaming PC. Uh, Native gaming having a booth is at all was massive. Love that org and them getting to have a booth was super cool. In, indeed. Very, very fucking cool indeed. The Underground had so much to do. They had both 2v2 and 1v1 stations for Infinite, a four-player station for Halo 2, six different arcade game cabinets, and all of it was, again, free it was free they had fun scavenger hunt things to do finding printed out skulls hidden among all the posters and flyers taped to the walls like we mentioned earlier mm -hmm. my favorite thing they they had was the sick ass photo booth except it wasn't a booth it was this big ass canvas that was literally the multiplayer lobby menu where you can see your fire team spartan sitting in front of the pelican and they had a bunch of two scale poster board cutouts of so many halo infinite weapons i didn't copy the rest of it, but hold on. He says, now on to how the venue experience watching games was. The B, C, and D stages were great in that you could watch all three games at once. Um, they were weird in that only B stage had any audio, which makes sense, and uh, nothing had casting. All in all, I still really enjoyed the games I watched there. Main stage was where it was really at, though. Somewhere, uh, Someone somewhere described the venue as intimate, and it was absolutely the best way it could have been described. It's a concert venue, so the sound quality was incredible. Bashes, BR bursts, and sniper rounds have never felt so good. You could feel it in your chest. And when that place was packed because it was so small, it was super easy to get loud. And when it was quiet, it was easy to hear the chants start and join in. And once everyone joined in, the volume filled up the space. It was incredible. The best match uh, for that was the Optic versus SSG because both teams' fans were just as loud. But the best thing was the after party on Saturday, where SSG and Overnight Oats provided free food, drink, and games at Dave & Buster's Arcade to anyone who showed up. 
I got to play Fireteam Raven with a Spartan. It was glorious. And that's all she wrote. And no, Aaron, believe it or not, you were not too late. And then real quick, adding to that after party, I want to talk about what Nightwing Menace said on Reddit. Okay. Which basically was the same sentiment. He said, this is an appreciation post. SSG and Overnight Oats partnered to give an after party at Dave & Buster's for every single fan who showed up. No kidding. They bought everyone food, drinks, non-alcoholic, and unlimited games for three hours straight. This has got to be one of the coolest things I've ever seen from an org. I made friends at this event and getting to go to the after party and play games and get to know other loyal competitive fans was the butter to my toast. Truly awesome. Thanks, SSG and Overnight Oats. You guys are amazing. Absolutely. Moving on, let's talk about Riz. Riz provided me the good and the bad. For Riz, the good. The whole underground part was genius. There was plenty to do and see. The whole event felt very Halo and very SSG. Staff was very friendly and helpful. Food was good with plenty of options. They only ran out of food. One food the whole event. Remember when Arlington ran out all the time? Oh. So that's fucking awesome. There was full bar coverage with Halo-themed drinks. The plasma grenade was fantastic. Finding the underground was super easy because SSG set up signs. And now we get to the quote-unquote bad. Seats at the underground and the depot were not very comfy. Found my ass hurting a lot and having to get up and take walks. The feature stations area was very, very hot. They had fans going, but it wasn't enough. The website lied, or there were setbacks at what times the doors opened. Also heard that from, um, I don't remember if it was Aaron or somebody else, but I did hear that as well. The main stage did not feel very main stagey to me due to limited space. The depot is the music venue. And Halo Infinite problems crashing and whatnot. Again, completely out of their control. Overall, that's all I can think of overall. Freaking loved the event. The crowd was hype as fuck, and I wish that the, uh, this is what the Optic Major could have been. SSG needs to host a Major next year. I mean, shit, based off what I've been seeing, I, I agree with that statement. Yeah. And the last one I want to talk about is a gentleman named Lucas. The reason why I saved Lucas is for last is because he was actually a volunteer for the event. Okay. So we get a firsthand experience as a volunteer for the event, as somebody who worked it and as somebody who was spectating as a volunteer, he says, so from the volunteering side, it was great. SSG staff were so personable, hilarious, kind, helpful. I mean, truly no words for how great they are at what they do. All the staff on day one before doors open were help, helping the volunteers get their stations. They were helping at sorted, provided catering for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, drinks and snacks at all times of day in the pro player practice area. I mean, it was great. Not only that, they gave everyone who volunteered an attendee badge to allow access to main stage during our times off shift. Whenever some sort of fire came up, SSG staff put it out quick. I doubt any attendees would have noticed the problems that may have occurred. I say problems lightly because there were they were minor, like 2v2 station losing connection to land server for like five minutes and people going to the wrong areas. Couldn't have asked for a better opportunity. Shonduras was present every day, making sure all was well and was super friendly. Guys, Sean is the owner of SSG. And he was there the whole time. Now as a spectator, 
I had like four friends who came through to the underground who didn't know a single thing about Halo and all ended up buying day passes for the box office at the depot to watch the games that day. Every single one left wanting to download Infinite and hop on some games. The depot was serving funny themed, uh, themed drinks, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic, and the presentation was awesome. All booths were interesting with very kind people working them. The photo op Spartans were great and awesome to have around for any little ones that came by to watch. After party at Dave and Buster's was awesome. Free drinks, food, and arcade games for three hours, courtesy of Oats Overnight and SSG. It was so much fun. And today as well, after grand finals and after party at a local bar, there was literally something for everyone to do, regardless of age and how big of a fan of Halo you were. Classic Halo 2 on the Tube TV station, small kids games on PCs next to that for any parents attending to have their kids be able to, uh, to do something. It was great. Overall, quite literally nothing bad I could say about it. And I hope this shows 343 The Community is amazing and bring a major next year to SLC. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I need to take a piss. So, Will, I'm going to hand it over to you. Please provide your overall thoughts for the event as as somebody who spectated from home. What were your thoughts? I'll be right back. Sure. Um, Well, we already talked about the series. The gameplay was phenomenal. Super exciting. Kept it interesting with the shakeups and seeing what wasn't expected. It It just makes... Halo, a Halo tournament, great. Not not just going through the motions and, oh, yeah, everyone who we expect to win is going to win, except seeing SSG win, great. Um, as far as spectating the broadcast itself, um, the venue looked cool. It was something different than your normal just HCS branding. You know, they had the graffiti, that kind of underground look to it. Um, awesome to see. They had skits again. I think everybody loved the fucking ball pit. We still need to get our own here. <laughs> it's got to happen, chat. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Make it happen. Um, and yeah, it was it was just super enjoyable. There was some technical difficulties, which always puts a hindrance to things. Um, I think that Optic game on day two ended up being on B stream because of maybe timing instead of seeing it on main, um, which was unfortunate, but it was still um, still a great event all weekend, super exciting, and I think it was just really well put on. And Zarn, any, any thoughts from you? Yeah, yeah, I echo a lot of those sentiments. It was obviously on the watch party, such a great time watching it with you all, everyone in the chat. We had a blast. Also, I mean... Like you said, they really, I feel like, leaned into the fun, and it just showed how much, I think it was Bryce who said, um, and those that Josh thing, it's like, it showed so much heart and so much thought in this. You know, you can tell that they really care, uh, and they give a shit, unlike what we might have seen at Arlington. But anyways, it was such an amazing video. It it really gave me old school MLG vibes um, from, like, the graffiti and stuff. And then uh, it makes me think of, like, I'm pretty sure it was 2007, uh, they had the players for like final ball, straight ripping and carbon, especially those are the three I remember sitting in like this random alley with like little graffiti on. That's what it really took me back to uh, with some like old MLG vibes. And then the casters being way up in the air um, at the balcony overlooking. Um, also, um, 
I love that they were doing everything, you know, everything they did in the underground is like just unbelievable. Like the fact that it was free, like Josh was free so many times is just like such a massive, massive win for the community that they could do that. And the fact that that has led people um, like those, what, four friends from Lucas were able to come in for free, check it out, realize this is really cool, and then go to the event and then also decide they want to start playing Halo. Like that's how you grow the community right there. Like that is a perfect example of how that happens and it's such high praise um uh and the last thing really was just whoever found that wall of halo history i need pictures of that i feel like that's one thing i missed was that wall. i need that picture um but yeah all in all i was very impressed the entire weekend you know the viewing experience from home and then hearing all these first-hand accounts just makes me even more appreciative that we have someone like space station gaming in the scene supporting halo the game we love uh yeah yeah this i'm so mad that like we weren't able to be there obviously because this sounds like the event in this always it always sounded like it was the event to be there like to be at that i share everybody's exact same sentiment Zarn, you had already said it, but I'm going to reiterate it as well as that. I attended Arlington, okay? And all the thought was, was, oh my God, this is going to be hosted by Optic. We know that they can put on an insane event. This is going to be amazing. And then you get there, and it was literally anything but. Yes, the game that was played and the teams competing did a phenomenal job. Like, they made it entertaining and exciting. But everything surrounding that event was fucking abysmal. And I stand by that. I, I, I've never been soured so much by an event in my life. And that was... I, I couldn't believe it, especially for a major. That you don't even have a singular other team's booth there for merchandise... Nothing. It was awful. To go to something like this, to go to an event that wasn't even a major. This wasn't even a major. This was a global invitational. SSG were given the opportunity to run buck wild with whatever they wanted to do for this. And they... I said it at the beginning of the topic and I'll say it again. They did. Fuck it. They, in my opinion, ran the best event we've ever seen. And like, I've never been to an old school MLG event. Okay. Like I watched it all the time online, but I never went to one of those events. But in terms of the HCS, at least at the very least, this is easily the best event that I think has ever been put on. And Zarn, you said it, and I'll reiterate. Space Station truly, it, it, it looks like they actually give a fuck. Yeah. They, they didn't have to have this in two separate venues, one of which was completely free to attend. They didn't have to, but they did it anyway. Sean did not have to 
you, this is Unichon, by the way. Unichon didn't have to go on Twitter and be like, hey, guys, what feedback do you have before we have this event? What would you like to see that you haven't seen at other events before? What can we do to make your experience better before the event has even take pl- taken place? They didn't have to do that, but they did it anyway. They actually give a shit. And I know, I know that the HCS appears to not be in the best shape, okay? I know that Halo Infinite appears to not be in the best shape. I understand that. But the fact this organization comes out, this realistically grassroots organization comes out and did what they did to make, I I only spectated this from home, but from hearing everybody's account of this event, and I asked, I straight up asked anybody and everybody that attended the event to give me the good, the bad, the ugly. I want all of it because I don't think anybody can be held above criticism. And if anything, if SS, if there was criticism for SSG, I bet they would take it in stride and want to do it better for the next time. If given the opportunity for a next time, which they actually absolutely should be given. But the best part is, it sounds like there isn't any criticism to be had. The only the only real criticisms I heard is because of the space of the venue, like the size of the venue, which they had no control over, or the game having inconsistency in the shit that was going on with it, which, again, they had no control over. So to SSG, if you ever see this, or if you don't, that's fine too, but if you ever do see this, I want you to know from... Every piece of my heart, thank you so fucking much for actually giving a shit. For actually caring about the players, about the spectators, about anything and everything that had to do around your event. Thank you. Thank you for giving a shit about the merch that you put out, which is still the best in the scene, by the way. That's no fucking question. Thank you for actually caring. Because coming off of Arlington, I'm not going to say I was worried. I'm not going to say I was worried. But seriously, you just, you made all, all the shit just wash away. That bad taste that was left in the mouth from that disaster of an event, it's gone. It was gone. It was just gone. And I just watched from home. You guys did a phenomenal job from start to finish. It sounds like everybody that was actually at the event had a phenomenal time. It sounds like the staff that was at the event were ready and willing and able to help in any possible way that they could. And that speaks volumes to me. Something as well for me is they, they did the things to grow the scene as well as just put on an amazing event for the scene, having that free area with all that entertainment and attraction there. It, it's just, it's what it needs. It's what halo needs to be. In my opinion, I couldn't be happier. I legitimately couldn't be happier. They, I'm not kidding. When, when Sean Duras and, uh, 
Ubernick and the 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 Spartan came out with like the the merch that they were throwing out in the crowds, and the kids came onto the stage, and they were wearing space station jerseys. You guys can attest to this. That moment <laughs> mm-hmm. during the watch party that we did, I'm like, wait a fucking second. SSG has youth jerseys? Hold the fuck on. I bought one right then and there. Personalized for my kid. I know yep. it's I know it's such a small thing, but the fact that Lucas was talking about how they had things available for kids to do at the event, that... Again, to Sean, to everybody at SSG, thank you so fucking much for this event. I I sincerely hope you guys are able to host a major because if it was anything like the effort and the time and the dedication and the resources and the love and the passion that you put into your event, if it's anything like that, Guys are gonna keep fucking hitting home runs the entire time. You guys deserve all of the absolute praise in the world right now. I mean that. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad that everybody that was able to attend that event in person had the time of their lives. You guys didn't have to do half the shit you did, but you did it. Anyway, that's the thing. You did it anyway. Thank you so much. Keep it up. You know, we'll keep buying merch from you. So fuck it, you know? All the merch. Also, please restock your merch now. Anyways. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) My only complaint. (laughs) So for those who don't. ready to buy. Yes. No, you're good. For those who don't know, um, the plan from what they said was uh, items will be restocked today after the HCS event has taken place, but they have not been restocked yet. It's not on their website. The, The merch from the event is not live at this time. Taking it a step further, um, I want to quickly say if I go to, here we go. So John, Game Crazy John said, sounds like the new SSG merch won't be up for a week or two, but the other merch they had with them will be added back today or tomorrow. And I asked him where he saw that. Um, and John had reached out and asked, and um, John, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're still here, but I assume that, that the person who replied works for SSG. Am I correct in that regard? Please correct me if I'm wrong, but the individual said not today, but in two weeks. And then he said, oh, wait, restock is happening today, but the new stuff isn't going up until two weeks. He misread. So there you go. So hopefully the restock happens at some point today. And regardless, we'll retweet when the fucking stuff goes live on the shop. Don't you worry about that. So if you want to stay locked to that, you can uh, Queen Tweedledee, thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. Peanut Butt says, even at home, this was the best event. It made me feel like the scene is better than it had ever been. Seeing the uh, seeing the passion is super contagious. Absolutely. Um, Ikuza said, you know what made me know in the moment Josh was happy? 
Earlier in the stream, he said, my daughter is being a little shit. Then that happened and instantly his mind went, I need to get her one of these. Uh, he says, my wording may be off. Yep. <laughs> I love my little girl more than anything in the world. Like everybody hopefully understands that. But when I saw, I love buying my kid clothing. Like I, this is going to sound so stupid, but like anytime I can buy her jammies, I'm buying her fucking jammies. Because she looks cute as fucking jammies. Like we got her, we got her a, uh, uh, a set of two different types of Pokemon pajamas and she's fucking adorable. And when I saw those kids on the stage with the SSG jersey, I'm like, I, I want that. I need that. And about that. So got her name on the back of it. Super fucking excited. Can't wait. If other fucking organizations had youth sized jerseys, maybe I'd buy those too. Peanut, you make a great point. He says, SSG jammies when? Yo, they have the blanket hoodie. Yeah, that's Just true. take it a step further. Yeah, they need like the full on. They need a onesie. Ooh. They need an SSG onesie. Like adult size onesie? They need a fo- uh, oh, footy pajamas. Yeah. They need footy, footy pajamas. Oh. SSG yep. footy pajamas. Make it happen. And then they could expand. Never mind. I was going to go to mattresses. Anyways. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> oh, yes. You'll wake up rock hard. <laughs> You'll wake up feeling out of this world on a space station mattress oh, from Mattress Firm. You'll learn stellar sensitivity on Ooh. space station mattress firm mattress. Oh, oh I love <laughs> it. I love it. Ooh. Uh, see, I'm telling you, SSG, make footy pajamas. Telling you, they'd sell out immediately. Mark my words. We're just giving you guys merch ideas. You don't even need merch ideas, but I'm yeah. just giving you merch ideas at this point. Shit. Um, we're closing out the segment right here for the topic of the show. All the VODs are included in the Google Doc of the show. It's the show. So all the streams from A, B, C, and D are going to be included from each day. They're all there. Uh, all the highlights from days one, two, and three are also included in those links. The HCS gear up bundle, which is the Athlon helmet, and then the animated shoulders, which is an armor effect. Those will go live on the 15th in the store for each team. Um, the 15th is next week on Tuesday. So stay tuned for those if you want those. And they actually look pretty good because we saw some teams rocking them in the tournament. Sentinels being one of them. Yes. So very much looking forward to that. Unlocked episode one for Bound. Unlocked is the new HCS documentary series. There'll be four episodes in total. There'll be three more after this Bound episode. Episode one is out right now. Go check out that video. Um, and then... Finally, one of the coolest and weirdest announcements that happened over the weekend was a tweet that went out announcing a collaboration between SSG and Straight Rippin'. So Tom T-Square Taylor was at the event. And it was like, oh, that's really fucking cool. Tom's there. I wonder why Tom's there. He's just maybe just enjoying the event. Well, little did we know that he had a little announcement under his sleeve. SSG and Straight Rippin' are doing a hoodie collaboration where, for those who don't know, SSG released a hoodie. It's a like a Master Chief green hoodie with a gold space station written across the front and an HCS patch, patch on one of the arms. Well, what if I told you it was basically that hoodie, but in blue with white space station lettering and a straight ripping patch? 
And my fucking God, does it look incredible. It's clean. A thing of beauty. For those who don't know, that'll be at or, uh, that'll be at Fort Worth in September. And to my knowledge, because I went in the replies of that tweet, to my knowledge, it is yet to be said whether or not it'll be available online after the fact. I think it will be. I assume just it will for be the as fact well. that the St. Louis, St. Louis, uh, Salt Lake City, God, the SL, yep. um, SLC stuff will be online, and then the green one was supposed to be a, was it Raleigh? Oh, God, sure. They, they, they released it at Raleigh, and then by uh, Kansas City, it was online again. John, I did not see whether or not they said that one will be online after the event. I do, I do know that they said, as we've confirmed, that the SLC merch will be available, obviously, after the fact. That's just a matter of time. But yes, I would also assume that this would be available too, but we don't know as of yet. But either way, the hoodie looks fire. Can't fucking wait. Super stoked. And then, of course, the links to the brackets for pools and championship bracket are included in the Google Doc, the show notes of the show as well. Make sure to click those links if you're interested in them. That's it for our topic. Will, let's get into some regular news. The August update preview. The fuck was that? August. The August update preview by 343. First up. Uh, Ash, I don't have any thoughts on the upcoming Open Championships because... Eh. Good luck to the teams competing. I don't find... I mean, this is going to sound awful, but I assume that the teams make it might not get very far at Fort Worth. But maybe that's just me being an asshole. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But regardless, we're going to talk about the results next week. So maybe there'll be something to talk about then. But for the August update preview by 343, Dredge! Dredge! Our newest map, Dredge! is entering Halo Infinite's lineup next week with inspiration directly from Halo Reach's popular app, Countdown, arguably one of the worst fucking maps in the game. This forged homage is sure to make a lasting impression. When diving into the map for the first time, players can expect a new take on the scenery and refresh gameplay flow. Starting next Wednesday, you'll be able to play Dredge all day long in the Dredge 24-7 playlist. Uh... If you don't remember what Clutch was talking about on the broadcast, he said that there is now a new way to fall off the map. So that's fucking fun. Said no one ever. And also, it is not going to be in the HCS rotation. It is not going to be in the HCS rotation. It'll be in some ranked playlists, but it'll not be in the HCS rotation. Community requests. You asked, we answered. To an extent. In addition to a new multiplayer map, the Halo Infinite team has really been focusing their efforts on top community requests. Let's take a look at the feedback topics they went after, shall we? Improved Pelican vehicle drops. Thank fucking God. After cracking open the code for Pelican vehicle deliveries in Big Team Battle, we found a few different systems that use specific markers that work together to deliver vehicles. While predictable, the outcome was not quite the same as the consistent, symmetrical vehicle drops that Halo fans typically prefer. Typically? How about all the fucking time prefer? You're telling me. You're telling me. 
you're telling me that there's an opportunity for the other team to get a scorpion and we get a wasp? Sign me the fuck up! Said literally no one! To bring the Pelican deliveries closer in line with those expectations, we've improved the system to deliver the same vehicles on both maps of the on both sides of the map in the same wave. But because of course there's a but. Please note, due to different, due to different Pelican flight paths, there may be a difference in the exact timings of delivery. So, uh, there you go. BTB fire team improvements. In another effort to improve the BTB experience, the team also tackled a common piece of community feedback around intro cameras. Hell yeah! Now, big team battle matches will prioritize placing the members of your fire team in your in-game squad of four players. Wow, it took you that long, but we got there. This means that during the intro camera sequences at the start of each game, the lineup shot with four Spartans will also prioritize showing members of your fire team. Hell yeah. How about extermination? There are not many feelings that can match the rewarding sensation of taking down an entire enemy team and hearing Jeff Steitzer say extermination. With the introduction of the Elimination and Attrition game modes in Halo Infinite, there was a desire to help make that metal moment even more special by attributing it to overkills that helped end a round. However, many of you expressed that this made it feel too tucked away and asked for it to return to all game modes. And that request was heard loud and, loud and clear. They say many of you. I assume all of you. I don't know if any one person was like, nah, fuck it. So we're happy to say that with the launch of the August update, the Extermination Medal will be available in all, count them all, multiplayer modes. We look forward to you all sharing clips of your favorite clean sweeps online. Death cam improvements. While this topic was a bit more niche, we saw the posts and comments asking for improvements in this area, and the team was happy to jump on it. For reasoning for going with static death cams, when our reasoning for going with static death cams was to help ensure a fair environment in which a team only gathered information that was earned. However, we heard the feedback around the static death cams and we went after it for this update. Starting next week, after you've fallen in combat, you'll be able to rotate your death cam to look around while spectating teammates, much like in previous titles. We expect this extra bit of freedom will encourage even better teamwork and improve communication while players wait to respawn. Additionally, to help make sure you can spectate your teammates even faster, we've increased the speed at which you can cycle through players on your death camp. Now, with this additional layer of player agency, you should always be able to help a teammate in need. If they fucking listen. That's what the pinging system is for. Reactive water plane. Neat. Forge quality of life updates and bug fixes. Also neat. Much like our other updates... The focus of the August update was to continue addressing top community requests across the board. In addition to the few topics we've covered above, we'll have even more fixes for top community reported issues, such as personal AI voice resetting, bringing slide back to parody with its season three behavior. That's a big one. Multiple observer and theater bugs and stability improvements for all platforms. So that's great as long as it all works out. And that's it 
for the regular news. Cypher Kyle Games, watch! We don't have anything, which means it's time for Will's Avengers with an A Lovers. Another game, too. Will, what did you play last week? Um, Madden 23 is on games pa- Game Pass. Oh, boy. So I downloaded that, and with my eyesight, I can't really do much, so I created a wide receiver, like, face of the franchise thing. And they actually have you, like, you're running the receiver routes. It's not full cam. It's like you're looking through, or not looking through your receiver's eyes, but you're like camera behind your receiver, right? So I'm like, I don't have to throw the ball. I don't have to read the play. I just got to run a fucking route and hope I get the ball thrown to me. I could do this with partial vision. Love it. So I did a little bit of that. And then last night, I'm like, man, I got to keep the sticks warm. Let's hop into some eights. And it did not go great with my eyesight, but I did my best. I tried to hang in there, tried to keep thinking strategy and moving with the team. Kind of, kind of broke down at times. Not a, people didn't seem enthusiastic with the the people I played with. So it was kind of just like calling out, running around. No plays were really called. Just, yeah, but at least I got, I got some play time in. There you go. That's 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 it. What about oh Zarners? Zarners. What about yourself? Oh, uh, yeah. So I did end up playing a little more of that Asleeper game that I talked about last week. Oh um, yes. I actually also booted up Divinity: Original Sin two because I saw a lot of Baldur's Gate three stuff. Yeah. And I was like, kind of in the mood. But I was like, I don't want to commit to it yet. I want to play on the Steam Deck. So I was like, you know what? I have Divinity, so I booted it up. It'd been a while, so I just restarted. Um, I'd only played maybe an hour before, but and I went through the intro again. I was like, oh gosh, I could like really sink my teeth into this. Um, and then once again, obviously after this weekend, played a ton of Halo uh, as well. As much as I could. I also joined in on eights last night. I got lucky and Arsad were vibing. Um, unfortunately, I have picked up the habit of saying, um, of quoting Bound and saying, uh, I am him. He is I. And then if the team did something, I'd be like, we are them. Let's go. (laughs) Just dumb stuff. But we we were vibing, so it was actually pretty fun for the most part on our side. Um, And, yeah, that was pretty much it. Just looking forward to playing more Halo this week for sure. My my whole team was complaining that we we couldn't kill Zarn. It was just like he got away. We'd get him one shot. He'd get away just the whole night being a nuisance. Uh, One thing to say that. I am him. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's that fiber. It's that fiber connection. He's like a laded dartboard in the play dates. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> just won't fucking die the entire time. Him and his fucking space station skin. Um, Oh, speaking of the space station skin. Yeah. So I've equipped the Mirage core. Yeah. Same here. And I thought it looked too bulky. You can remove the shoulder pieces. Yeah. And it's just like the under. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that on that core. There you go. And I was like, oh, this actually looks sick. I'm going to run with this. I'm also running the Space nice. Station skin yeah. on the Mirage Core now. Yeah. Um, I play Baldur's Gate 3. Speaking of which, Zarn, uh, yeah. the game's fucking rad. And I'm a little bitch in that game. <laughs> I, I'm i one of those assholes that reload saves because uh, I don't want my companions to die due to stupid shit that I do. 
because I'm still learning. Like I've never played, I've honestly yeah. never played one of these CRPGs before. So like, I, I don't, I never realized that like literally everything interacts with basically everything else. Um, so yeah, just trying to learn everything about that. I found a dog and it's awesome. And I'm hoping that the dog will join my party and I'm waiting to see if that happens. So that's <laughs> it's still very, very early on in the game, but it's, it's fucking cool. It's I graciously got to spectate some of your, oh, your gaming. Yeah, you get to spectate it, the booby traps. Yeah, well, yeah. One of my favorite things is like this room is filled with traps. And then all of a sudden this dialogue cutscene happens. <laughs> and then the traps start going off in the background, just like setting everything on fire. It's it's reacting to the characters in the room. And there's just nothing you can do because you're in yep. dialogue. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then not spoiling anything, but like one of my party members was talking to me in the afterlife and was like, if you want to res me, here's what you got to do. And it gave me like a fucking laundry list of shit to do. Yep. And I'm like, no reload. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Snag. snag. If I'm able to get the dog of my party, I'm absolutely protecting that fucker with my life. Um, also two questions on it yeah. before we move on. Yeah. One, are you playing on PC or steam deck? Uh, technically both. I have yet to boot it up on steam deck, but yes, I'm playing on PC. Yeah. I'm curious how it ran. Uh, Um, so I've seen so many reports of like people having crashes, but then there's also a a bunch of reports like, Oh, it's, it's fine. Just run at medium settings and you're fine. So like I, I'll play it and we'll see what happens. What was your other question? Okay. Um, the other one was, Oh, it's more of a statement. It's just the fact that you can also co-op on that game. And when you're co-oping, like I have two friends who are doing it. They literally are just going off doing their own thing and creating like side stories. And then when they come back together, like a bunch of crazy shit is just happening to them. Oh, that's insane. From what they say. Yeah. It's nuts. The amount of depth and just the freedom you have in that game. You really do because you can completely split apart party members and like move them completely independently of one another. And it's that game's fucking crazy in terms of depth. Yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah, it's, that's literally all I play because we had the tournament this weekend, so I didn't really have much time to play anything else. Uh, all right. With that, I think it's time for some shout outs. First up, happy belated birthday to Martin Ohms. Love you. Ogre one and ogre two. Uh, shout out to everyone who joined in our first ever event watch party, which was pretty fucking dope. Uh, and then real quick, I, I put this at the end, but. Zarner, shout out yet again for joining us on this special edition of the live show and for joining us for that entire watch party. Hope you had fun and thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It was a blast. Hell yeah. Um, shout out to everyone who followed and subbed during the live show. Let me quickly get you guys in here real quick. Give me one thekaroonie. We had... The Real Grim Reaper, Shifty, OG, Dirk, Tej, My Two Lemons, Checo, Danimals, Bankworthy, Katsuragi, uh, Spirit, Modern Spartan, Eunice, uh, Daylac, again, I apologize for mispronounce that, uh, uh, Lucky Lucky or Lucky Lucky, Method, Jack, Paldian, Synergy, Sin, and Queen. Thank you all very much for the follows. Greatly appreciated there. Um, guys, thank you for the bits as well. Jesus yeah. Christ. And then Delac, sleepy Fox and sin. Thank you all for the subs. You all get a woo greatly appreciated there as well. 
Um, shout out to everyone who's a patron at the semi-pro and higher tiers. Will's going to shout out the Patreon shortly. That includes Raider Hater, Uncle Puppy, Peanut Butt, One Swole Danny, Pistol RX, Danny Phantom, Riznak, Zarners, there he is, Abby Joy, Mr. Smiley, High Tech Redneck, Goalie Sniper, Heavy Rainfall, Elated Dartboard, and Carnage. You guys are fucking amazing. Thank you for your continued support over there on the Patreon. That's all I got for the shout outs. Let's move into some community creations. Halo memes every day. Reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Halo memes. If that's still even going at this point, it's kind of gotten to the point where I don't even check it anymore. So hopefully it's still there. But hey, as I always say, fuck the Reddit CEO. Back to back Halo champs. The phase HCS Arlington documentary is in the show notes. Go check that out. We have Forge Features for August 4th, 2023 by 343. And then we have Reacting to Championship Sunday on HCS Salt Lake City by All In Juan, who sent us that amazing audio from earlier as well. So shout out to you, Juan. Will, Zarn, that's all I got. So, Will, if you would do me a favor and plug this fucking thing. <laughs> Of course, uh, as Josh mentioned, we have the Patreon now for exclusive benefits and content. Please head over to Patreon. We have uh, the three separate tiers, four separate tiers now, four separate tiers. Go check them out. I should uh, take a look at that. It's four, I believe. It's four. Yep. And as always, you can find us on your favorite podcast services. Just search for HCS Pro Talk. We are on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and Josh's favorite. Pocket Cast, still not an app. Sadly. Um or Discord is there. It's free to join. An extra uh, conversation going on over there throughout the week. Go check it out. Go find us on social media as well. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, all that great stuff. Shorts on YouTube and uh, TikTok. We got uh, interview series and VODs all over on YouTube. If you want to watch the live show, Monday, 7 p.m. Central Time here on twitch.tv slash hsprotalk. And then if you go to hsprotalk.com, it'll actually send you over somewhere else. EvolvedHalo.com. Your home for Halo. Because we have partnered with the fine folks over at Podcast Evolved. They have wonderful shows hosted by wonderful people. They do. Shows include Podcast Evolved, Mission Debrief, Halo TV Plus, Builds with Blocks, Book Club, Halo Headlines, and Halo Gear Guide. Go check it out. Go check it out. That's all I got. Well, with that, uh, I, like Riz said, shout, he said shout out to us for the watch party and drops. I want to give a shout out to the HCS for allowing us to have drops on the channel, which is the first time we've ever had that. That was super fucking cool. Hope everyone got their drops. Um, and yeah, it was just a really fucking cool thing to happen. Super excited that it did. And we've never done a watch party like that before. It was super cool. And then I will just say congratulations, Space Station, again on winning the event. Thank you again, Space Station, for putting on the best Halo event that we've ever seen. And can't wait to hopefully see if you guys do it again in the future because you've earned it. And fucking if that was any indication, then holy shit, are we in for a wild ride? Um, on the next episode of the show, before we sign off for tonight, we have our 300th episode and we still have no idea what we're going to do, but it's going to be fun regardless. And we hope you guys join us for it. We've been doing this for over five years now. Three 
hundred episodes next week. Fucking insane. And like I said, I hope you guys join us for it. Zarn again. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your entire weekend yeah, and the past two real. Mondays to join us here on the show. Our disembodied head, our Zordon, our Jesus. Thank you. Daddy. <laughs> for being here. Zarn, anything you want to say before we sign off here? Um, honestly, just echoing your sentiments with SSG. Just seriously, thank you all so much for the love, support, the passion you all showed this weekend. One of the best events I've seen in an insanely long time. And uh, we're just so lucky to have you a part of Halo. So thank you. Couldn't have said it better myself. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. For episode 299, we'll be back next week for our 300th episode of the show. We're going to go raid collect after this. Go show him and the native gaming boys some love. We'll catch you next week. But until then, bye-bye.